1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive as I'm taught the Word of God. My life has changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. Give a half a dozen people a high five, and you may be seated. couple of points of housekeeping as I get into the message. Two nights ago, Austin read a testimony. A young man in the church worked selling new homes, and he sold 19 homes in one day. Unbelievable. But I misspoke last night, said 29 homes. But, uh, you know, know, Pastor Gene, man, he's just stretching. So maybe that's the assignment, go for 29, amen. If you believe for it, the Lord will line them up. Amen. And also, this evening, I'm wrapping up the tail end of You Can Have What You Say, part two. And then we'll get into the last message, faith by saying for finances. Faith by saying for finances. We left off, I just ran out of time last evening, but we left off in Joshua 1.8. This book of the law, the word shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein. That's on the word day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. That is the word, for then thou shalt make thy way, thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. And we left off talking about how that God gave us the formula. Now this is the Old Testament version. You see the New Testament version in Romans 12 too. And I asked the Lord, if you haven't if, if you weren't here or you haven't watched him, I think it was two years ago in the 2019 Holy Week Revival on Thursday and Friday night, I dealt with how to train the human spirit. And when I was studying for that, for those two nights, uh, I was listening to a Kenneth Hagin message, and he was dealing with Romans 12 too. And I, that night when I went to sleep, I asked the Lord, I said, how did I do it? Because I didn't get revelation on Romans 12-2 until later in life. And he was so sweet, so kind, and so gracious. He said, son, you may not have gotten revelation on Romans 12-2 until later in life, but you got revelation on Joshua 1-8 very early. 
and he said Joshua 1.8 is the Old Testament version of Romans 12.2. So he's literally telling us how we can make our own way successful, how we can make our own way prosperous. And we established, we left off last evening establishing that it wasn't just for Joshua because we see the same thing in Psalm 1. Blessed is the man, not blessed is Joshua. And so there's three things to do. We have to have the Word of God in our mouth. We have to meditate on the Word of God. And we have to be doers of the Word of God. It's not complicated. And I had this uh, conversation with the Lord in the middle of the night last night. I woke up in the middle of the night. And I, I wasn't complaining. I just said to him, I said, why do you do that to me? Why do you lead me into these areas in the middle of a sermon? And I said, you know, people don't want to hear about it. And uh, because last night I was on a lot of them. And he said, son, that's where they're defeated. He said, everything you put ahead of me and everything you put ahead of the word, that's where you're defeated. And of course, different people don't do everything the same way. So for one person, it's drugs. For another person, it's alcohol. For another person, it's porn. Uh, There's all these ways. And as I was establishing last evening, Satan doesn't care how he enslaves you. He just wants you enslaved. But I'll tell you something else. The Lord told me in the middle of the night last night. He said, said, I'll tell you one thing. You don't see those millionaires sitting there who do any of this. See, because... To make your way prosperous and to make your way successful, you have to focus. Because uh, if you haven't figured it out, uh, business isn't getting easier, it's getting tougher. I mean, there's more landmines in business today than there was 20 years ago. And so we have to focus. And so it doesn't matter what the distraction is, if it's porn or drugs or alcohol or women or whatever, it pulls you off your focus. And we have to focus to make our own way prosperous and successful, to make our own way uh, a blessing and not a curse. So if we'll do things God's way, we'll make our own way prosperous and successful. And basically that's what I'm doing. I'm giving credit and glory and honor to God. And I'm saying if we will do things God's way, then we will make our own way in this life prosperous and successful. And so God said to Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. And yet there are people who think confession is not important at all. Okay, so we see these same principles all over the word of God. Let's go to Romans 10 verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaiming Romans 10 8 King James but what saith it the word is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thy heart that is the word of faith which we preach these same principles are literally all over the Bible all over the word of God let's go to Psalm 116 see the same thing the same principle the principle of the same spirit of faith Psalm 110 116 verse 10 I believe therefore have I spoken we saw this in Romans 10, 8 the other night. So I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth. 2 Corinthians 4, 13, we having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. So we meditate on the word. So 
we can keep the Word of God in our mouth, but also so we can observe to do everything written in it. Why did God tell Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth? Because God knows if the Word of God does not depart out of your mouth, it will eventually get into your heart. And when the Word of God gets into your heart, it will control your life. When the Word of God gets into your heart, it will rule your life. Now, listen to what I'm saying. God knows that if the Word of God does not depart from your mouth, it will eventually get into your heart. And when the Word of God gets into your heart, it will control your life. When the Word of God gets into your heart, it will rule your life. And the reason is, if you say something long enough, you'll eventually start believing it. If you say something long enough, you'll eventually start believing it. So make the Word of God the Lord of your life. When you find something in the Bible the Bible prohibits what you're doing, stop it. And when you find something in the Bible that the Bible commands or even recommends and you're not doing it, start doing it. In speech, in conduct, in faith, in practice, make the Bible the Lord of your life. This theme runs through every study course here at Faith Christian Center. If you want to make your own way prosperous and successful, make the Word of God the Lord of your life. Learn how to allow your spirit man to overrule your emotions and learn how to allow your spirit man to overrule your intellect. This is one aspect of the challenge offerings that some people here at Faith Christian Center maybe have never gotten a hold of because Austin said today that faith will work in your heart when there's doubt in your head. And this happens all the time, especially when we start down this road. There's faith in your heart, there's doubt in your head. And when you take action on the Word of God, what you're doing is you, you as a spiritual being, are choosing to go with the faith in your heart as opposed to the doubt in your head. And that tells the Lord, Romans 4, that you believe. You've taken action on the Word of God. Amen. That's what Abraham did. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, but he just took action on the Word of God, and he got the promise. And then learn how to hear the voice of God and to obey the voice of God, even when it seems contrary to your emotions or intellect. Learn how to hear the voice of God and to obey the voice of God, even when it seems contrary to your emotions or intellect. And I've got a word of warning for parents. If you don't do these same three things with your children, they could very well be lost to God, lost to the kingdom, and even lost for eternity. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night. The word of God won't depart out of your, out of your heart so long as you are muttering the word of God, saying the word of God to yourself. Kenneth Hagin Jr. tells a story about when he was a boy, he's watching a baseball game with his father, and he noticed that his father's lips were moving while he was watching this baseball game. And he said to his father, what are you doing? And he said, well, he said, I'm doing two things at once. I'm watching the baseball game, but I'm rehearsing the word to myself. I thought that was fascinating. He, you know, nobody had invented the word multitasking back then, but that's exactly what he was doing. He loved baseball. He, he was kind of a baseball fanatic. But he was multitasking. We said last evening, you, you can do this when you're going to and from work. You don't have to listen to the world 
and uh, what new lie is being told out of Washington uh, to scare you half to death, uh, you can put on the Word of God. You can listen to the Word of God or praise music or somehow find a way to redeem the time. So we're not talking about going around mouthing off Scripture to other people who don't want to hear it. We're not talking about making a pest or a nuisance of ourselves. No, we're talking about muttering the Word of God to ourselves, speaking the Word of God to ourselves. Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Then thou shalt have good success. In 1989, when I stood up in the offering times and started saying all of our needs were met and all of our bills were paid, I'm telling you, I had to force the words to come out of my mouth. And, uh, but over time, you get to where you believe it because it's the Word of God. It's not just some positive something to say. It's the Word of God. Then later on, then later on, because Kenneth, I heard Kenneth Hagin say, you have to be careful with Philippians 4.19 because you can get stuck there. Oh, my gosh. And then during offering times, I remember I started saying, we're being made rich in every way so that we can be generous on every occasion. And I'm telling you what, it was really hard to get that to come out of my mouth because your, my mind was screaming, you're lying, you're lying, you're lying, you know you're lying. But I went with the spirit man and I went with the word of God. And then over time, you get to believing it. All of my needs are met. All of my bills are paid. We're being made rich in every way so that we can be generous on every occasion. So the Lord tells you how to be prosperous and the Lord tells you how to have good success. So it's up to you whether or not you'll be prosperous and it's up to you whether or not you'll have good success. Shout it out loud. I make my own way prosperous. And I make my own way successful. So then in my notes, I'm coming to the last message we'll do tonight and tomorrow night. Faith by saying for finances. Faith will work by saying it. Or faith will work by praying it. But when you pray it, you still have to say it. Wow. This is something we got to get our minds around. I went over this a couple of years back. Faith will work by saying it or faith will work by praying it. But when you pray it, you still have to say it. And Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, I say unto you what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. Now, I want you to look at your Bible or on your device, and I want you to notice that the word pray is not even used in verse 23. This, to me, is fascinating. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. The word pray or prayer is not even used in verse 23. Look at verse 24. Therefore I send you what things soever you desire when you pray. And actually, it would be easy to spend a whole week teach on verse 23, turn around and spend a whole week teach on verse 24. They go together in tandem, but they are completely different concepts and they are to be employed in a different way. Because verse 23 is about saying, and verse 24 is about praying. But he says in verse 24, Therefore I send you what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. So faith will work by saying it without praying. How do we know that? Well, verse 23. Because verse 23 says, For verily I send you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, 
and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So faith will work by saying it, or faith will work by praying it, but when you pray it, you still have to say it. Can you see this? Talk to me, church. Can you see this? So faith works by saying it, and faith works by praying it, but when you pray it, you still have to say it. So that's the principle from these verses. Faith will work by saying it, or faith will work by praying it, but when you pray it, you still have to say it. Now, we need to meditate on this to get our minds around it. Notice in the 23rd verse, we see faith working without praying. And we don't really think about this unless you were to hear this message or maybe in the coming day or two replay this message and then go back and read the Gospels. But if you would rehearse yourself or refresh yourself in this message and then go back and reread the Gospels, you'd see Jesus doing this all the time. He did this all the time. I said he did this all the time. He would say things without stopping to pray. Even when he wrote, raised Lazarus from the dead, he didn't pray about Lazarus. He simply said a prayer of thanksgiving. And, and, and actually in the prayer, he said, I'm praying this for the sake of these folks. I just want to thank you, Father God, that you hear me. But it wasn't a prayer for Lazarus. You know, what we would do is we'd start praying for, you know, the dead person. There's no scripture about praying for dead people. Because when, when they're dead, they're in judgment one way or the other. There's no point in praying for them. Amen. Amen. So if we would hear this, refresh ourselves in this message tonight, then go back and read the Gospels, you would see Jesus doing this all the time. He exercised faith by saying. He ex- Jesus exercised faith by saying. Jesus didn't say He'll have whatsoever he prayeth. Jesus said he'll have whatsoever he saith. So faith will work by saying it, or faith will work by praying it. But when you pray it, you still have to say it. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Jesus didn't say he shall have the will of God. See, that's what we think. That, uh, well, I know the Lord's gonna. Well, people say that until the day they die, and they never receive. Jesus didn't say he shall have the will of God, Jesus said he shall have whatsoever he saith. So people can go to churches. It's kind of sad. And and they go to faith conventions, believers conventions, faith conventions, and uh, somebody says everybody's going to be a billionaire. And, and, you know, they, they sit there and they might believe it. But even if they say it, they're not going to go take corresponding action. You might have $1,000 hit you on top of the head, but ain't nobody going to have a billion dollars hit you on top of the head, man. You are going to have to W-O-R-K for it. Amen. 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 Jesus didn't say, he shall have whatsoever he prayeth. Tell your neighbor, this is completely alarming. alarming. Yeah, tell the neighbor on the other side like you believe it. This is completely alarming. Jesus did not say he shall have whatsoever he prayeth. He said he shall have whatsoever he saith. And Jesus didn't say he shall have whatsoever he thinketh. 
Jesus said, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So when you pray it, you still have to say it. Now, if we're going to follow Jesus on prayer, we need to build these words into our prayer vocabulary. I believe I receive. I believe I receive. I believe I receive. Why? Because that's what he said when he shifted gears in verse 24. Now, I know that Jesus didn't speak in verses. Somebody put the verses in later, but he shifted gears from the sentence in verse 23 to the sentence in verse 24. In verse 24, he says, Therefore I say unto you what things... See, therefore I say unto you. In other words, on the basis of verse 23, Therefore I say unto you what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. On the basis of verse 23, on the basis of a speaking faith. On the basis of verse 23, Therefore I say unto you what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. He didn't even say, he shall have whatsoever he prayeth. I mean, it's amazing. He didn't even say, he shall have whatsoever he prayeth. He said, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So when you pray it, you still have to say it. If we're going to follow Jesus on prayer, we need to build these words into our prayer vocabulary. I believe I receive, based on verse 24. Therefore I send you what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. I believe I receive. I believe I receive. I believe I receive. And he says, and ye shall have them. I think we went over this last year that the very fact he says, and, and he shall have them, tells you that there's a lag time. And that's why, that's why the writer of the apostle, that's why the writer of the book of Hebrews, probably the apostle Paul said, we have to hold fast our profession because there's lag time. If you haven't figured it out, faith is basically based on the principle of sowing and reaping. So we sow the faith for what we want today, and then we hold fast till we have it. We, we sow the seed of what we want today by speaking faith, and then we hold fast to our profession of faith. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Now somebody might say, that doesn't make any sense. Well, you're exactly incorrect. You're exactly correct because we're not walking by sense, we're walking by faith. There's a time to walk by sense. Today, uh, I had to write a check out. I sit down. Well, actually, I get up. I go to the closet. I get that particular checkbook. I sit down. I refresh. Okay, uh, who am I making this out to? How much is it? You know what I was doing? I was walking by my brain. I was using sense. No point in praying in tongues over it. In other words, I'm walking by sight. I got to get the checkbook. I got to see uh, who is this going to? How much do they say I owe them? I'm walking by sight. I'm using my sense. But some things can't be accomplished walking by sight. Getting your body healed. You can't walk by sight and get your body healed. I mean, you can take your vitamins, you can exercise, but I'm talking about a healing. So there's a time to walk by sense, then there's a time that that won't do me any good. Now I got to shift gears and I got to walk by faith. And somebody will say, well, that didn't make any sense. Well, you're exactly correct because at this point we're not walking by sight. We're walking by faith. 
Yeah, but how, how can what I say have anything to do with it? Look, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, says the Lord. See, I, I'm a believer. I'm not a doubter. And because I'm a believer and I'm not a doubter, I'm just going to do things God's way. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now listen, we spent years in, the, in a denominational world. We have friends from that denominational world, and all of them in that denominational world disagree with everything I'm saying. but they hardly have anything. Because if you're just operating by the mind, if you're just operating by your brain power, if you're just operating by sense, if you're just operating by sense, by sight, you can only get so far down the road. Unless you're some kind of genius that can put rocket ships into space or, or you're so gifted you can, you know, catch a football or, or sing a song or write a song. Most of us aren't gifted. We, we need some secret juice. And this is it. Hallelujah. And, and, and Jesus, you notice, he never wrote a song. He never recorded an album. He never caught a football, you know, but he's the most famous human being to ever walk the planet. Amen. I mean, think about it. The very fact that, you know, uh, all these monster corporations hate God. All these monster corporations hate Christianity. All these monster corporations hate Jesus. The stock market is still closed tomorrow. Good Friday. So he's the most famous human being that ever walked the planet. But he never recorded a song. He, he never shot a three-pointer. He never caught a football. But he knew something about saying faith. And you read those four Gospels. He walked around Galilee, and sure, he prayed, but he, he prayed getting ready for the day. And then he just walked around setting people free that had been enslaved by Satan. And he, he walked around doing good, speaking to... To, to the situations. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you'll get it on the way home or maybe you'll get it about the fifth time you watch this message on the app. I mean, think about all the people. Don't you think, don't you think, and I, I'm going to police myself here, but don't you think people in all kinds of horrible situations all through human history have done a whole lot of praying? Yes. 
See, I'm just a simple guy, and so I'm thinking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set aside what I think and my prejudices and my theories and my ideas and my opinions, and, and since Jesus told us how to do this, I'm just going to do what he said. So we need to go down the middle of the road on prayer. Old-time Pentecostals always prayed out loud. Now, some would get in the ditch by shouting at God all night, which led Smith Wigglesworth to say, I can get more out of God believing him for 10 minutes than I can get out of him by shouting at him all night. But there's a ditch on the other side of the road. I've noticed that charismatics tend to pray silently. Unless I'm in a crowded room or in the midst of unbelievers or scoffers, the thought would never occur to me to pray silently. Why? Because faith will work by saying it, or faith will work by praying it, but when you pray it, you still have to say it. You know, since, since I brought up offensive stuff last night, let me just continue in that vein. Uh, you know, I never cease to be amazed at guys who come to 5 a.m. prayer and they talk to each other. I stop and talk to people on occasion, but that's not a habit. But there are guys, and that's their habit. I don't care who you are. I'm not getting up at 4 o'clock to talk to you. <laughs> and then, then you know, uh, they pray silently. And I don't police stuff. You know, whatever. I'm, my theory of the whole thing is more or less whatever, dude. But I'm teaching, so I'm going to tell you this. I don't understand praying silently. If you're in a prayer-friendly environment, I understand. You could be at work and you think, oh, my gosh, how am I going to handle this? And you have to pray silently. I understand that. But I'm talking about believing God for something. So I'm talking about going down the middle of the road. So I'm talking about not being a Pentecostal and, and yielding to emotionalism and screaming at God all night. But I'm talking about not pretending you're an Episcopalian and uh, praying silently. I'm talking about going down the middle of the road. And when you're in a prayer-friendly environment like your own home, because faith will work by saying it, or faith will work by praying it, but when I pray it, I still have to say it. Amen. Amen. Kenneth Hagin used to tell the story about how at age 17 in 1934, laying on the bed of affliction up here in McKinney, Texas, dying from a body practically paralyzed and two serious heart diseases and an incurable blood disease, he came across Mark 11:23. First he prayed it, and then he began to say it, I believe from my heart I, that I receive my healing. I believe from my heart that I receive my healing. Because Jesus didn't say, whosoever shall think it, he shall have whatsoever he thinketh. He didn't say that. He said, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Kenneth Hagin saw that too and began to say, I believe I receive. Brother Hagin specified three things, the heart condition, the paralysis, the incurable blood disease. Because Jesus said, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Then in case he missed anything, he said, I believe I receive healing from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Years later, he taught us to say that, and we say that here at Faith Christian Center. Sometimes the manifestation will come quickly, sometimes before the day is out. 
In my own life, when confessing healing, it can often take a day or two or three to get the manifestation of my healing. Other times it can take weeks and sometimes months. Even Kenneth Hagin said that one time it took four years for his confession on something to manifest itself, but it did. It came to pass. And you know yourself here at Faith Christian Center, it took two and one half years of confession and taking action to get the church paid off, but it came to pass. It came to pass, it came to pass, it came to pass. Amen. Say it out loud, it came to pass. It came to pass. Shout it out loud, it came to pass. It came to pass. Now see, somebody could argue and say, well, I ain't got no two and a half years. Well, two and a half years are going to pass whether you confess the word or whether you don't confess the word. Well, I don't want to wait four days to get healed. Last time I had something wrong with me, uh, it took four days to confess it out of my body. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to spend four days confessing it. That, man, that don't make no sense. Well, it's, it's easier and cheaper than a hip replacement. Amen. I, I like my original parts. People are funny. How many years have you been eating? Why don't you stop? How many years have you been making mortgage payments? See, people complain about, well, I just don't see why I have to keep doing that. Well, you keep eating. Why don't you stop breathing? Haven't you breathed enough? According to Bill Gates, when every time you breathe out, you're creating poison. So why don't you stop it? <laughs> Haven't you breathed enough? I mean, how about leaving some air for the rest of us? <laughs> I mean, why don't you stop using electricity? Why don't you stop using toilet paper? Why don't you stop... Why don't you stop uh, doing all you're doing? See, people are really nonsensical. Amen. How long do I have to do this? Well, until you die. <laughs> How long do I have to make these confessions? Until you die. Why do you keep putting gas in your car? Well, I have an electric one. Well, then why do you keep plugging it into the wall? See, we keep doing all the things we do, but when it comes to the Word of God, we're too busy. We keep doing all the stuff we're doing, but when it comes to what God says to do, it doesn't make sense to us. Well, we're not walking by sense, we're walking by faith. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Now, don't misunderstand me. You'll have to hold fast to your confession of faith, Hebrews 4.14 Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Let us hold fast our confession. Chapter 10, verse 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Let us hold fast our confession without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. So we just have to stay with it. We just have to stay with it. We just have to stay with it. We do have an adversary. And we're dealing with negative people. 
and we're dealing with our senses, what we can see, taste, touch, hear, feel, and smell. So we have to work at it. And then we're being bombarded 24-7 with all this negative news and lunacy and idiocy and insanity. So we have to stay with it. We have to hold fast our confession of faith because the easiest thing to do in the world is to cry about our problems in order to get sympathy from others. The confession that, and, and, and America in 2021 is a land full of crybabies. The confession that you are to hold fast to is the confession of your faith. No matter what our eyes see, we say, I believe I receive. No matter what we feel in our bodies, we say, I believe I receive. No matter what the computer screen is telling us, we say, I believe I receive. Or we say this all the time around here, you know, when, when things come up in the ministry, the money's coming, the money's coming, the money's coming. I'm telling you, when one of these air conditioner units on the roof goes out, you don't even want to know what they cost. But have you ever, have you ever, we moved in, in here in 2016, have you ever heard me stand up and say, oh my gosh, you know, and pull my hair and we have to receive an offering for uh, an air conditioning unit that went out? No, we just, we just say the money's coming. The money's coming. The money's coming. The money's coming. And it comes. It comes. We don't lose our minds. We came back from Africa. No, we were headed to Africa, and I preached in a church one night in a small denominational full gospel church in Cincinnati. It was one of the saddest things I ever saw in my life. And during, they re, he received a special offering for us after I preached, but the regular church offering, he stood there, and he had a stack of bills, and he said, this is all the bills we owe and he, he went through them and gave some examples. It was just heartbreaking and sad. I thought it was demeaning. He was a great guy. Don't you understand it? Don't you see it? You can be a great guy. You can be a tither. You can be full gospel. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. You, you can be a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. You can be faithful to your wife. You can be faithful to your husband and, and have a stack of unpaid bills. I know you can because I did. There was a point in my life back in eight, 1989, man, we had three pages single space. And it was ridiculous. I remember one day uh, the cleaning people or somebody found some offering envelopes on the sound booth that had been left there by the ushers. It was $200 and change. And, oh, my gosh, we were so excited. And, and we paid two or three bills. Well, of course, if you're going to pay two or three, if you're going to pay some bills out of $240, dollars you got to pay the little ones. And so we were working on the little ones, working, get, trying to get from three pages single space to two pages single space. And guess what kept stacking up? Guess what stayed there? Guess what stayed on the list? The big ones. I've been there. I've been there. But then I learned how to say. Amen. Then I learned how to have a speaking faith. Amen. Then I learned what the Lord Jesus said. It was in the Bible all along. And Jesus answering, saith unto them, have faith in God. R.W. Shambach used to tell the story about that Christian that was laying in a hospital in Queens, New York, dying. 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 He was on his way out. There was no hope. There was no cure. There was no surgery that could be done. There was no, nothing could be done. Laying in that hospital room all by himself in the middle of the night in Queens, New York. 
and the door flung open and an angel of God walked in the room and the angel of God pointed at him and said, you don't have any trouble. All you need is faith in God. And, and he began to confess the word of God and got up and walked out and checked himself out. Amen. Tell your neighbor, you don't have any trouble. All you need is faith in God. Tell the neighbor on the other side, you don't have any trouble. All you need is faith in God. Well, I, I just don't see how that works. Well, that's how, that's, you just stay where you are. Just stay where you are. Just stay where you are. But I learned to have a saying faith. I learned to have a speaking faith. The confession that you are to hold fast to is the confession of your faith. No matter what our eyes say, we say, I believe I receive. Or we say, the money's coming, the money's coming, healing's coming, whatever it is you need. Now we're talking about us as individuals because when you pray and make positive confessions over others, their will comes into play. You'll even notice this with your children. While they're small, you can believe God for them. But every year they put on, God expects them to believe for themselves. Their will has something to do with the results. What they believe and say and do has something to do with the way it turns out for them. You can't use your faith and your confession to override the will of others. That'd be a slick trick. I mean, that'd be a slick trick if we could confess the word and, you know, Washington would do right. But it doesn't work like that because their will comes into play. You have authority over your life and you have authority over what's yours. We need to learn these things and begin to say what we want, not what we don't want. I said we need to learn these principles from the Word of God and begin to say what we want, not what we don't want. Amen. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. And he shall have, and he shall have, and he, how much doubt is in there? And he shall have whatsoever he saith. And once you see that word say is used in Mark eleven twenty three three times, whereas the word believe is used once, your prayer, prayer life will change. You'll find yourself devoting your entire prayer time some days to just making confessions like David did. Psalm 45, 1, my heart is stirred by a noble theme as I recite my verses for the king. My tongue is the pen of a skillful writer, a ready writer, the King James says. And once you see that that word say is used in Mark eleven twenty three three times, whereas the word believe is used once, you'll find yourself almost always praying out loud and hardly ever praying silently. And you'll find yourself finding ways to make your positive confessions during the course of the day. And you'll get slick at it. We don't have to be stupid. You know, you don't have to thump people with a Bible on the job. But I mean, when things aren't going good, you, they don't even know what you're doing. If you, if you learn to be slick about it, the sales are coming in. We're going to have a great month. We're going to have a great quarter. You're still, you're still confessing what you want, not what you don't want. You just don't have to hit them over the head and say, Thus saith the Lord in Mark eleven twenty three. 23. You don't have to do that. You don't need to be obnoxious. You don't need to be a faith pest. But you can say what you want. Amen. You can say what you want and not say what you don't want. Learn to say what you believe and say what you want. 
I said, learn to say what you believe. Yeah, but what if I don't really believe it? We dealt with that last night. Say it anyway. Because eventually you'll come to believe what's coming out of your mouth. See, for the sinner, it's a big fish story coming out of their mouth. But as a believer, you ought to have the Word of God coming out of your mouth. Rather than talk shortage and lack, we need to retrain ourselves to say the money is coming. The money is coming. Praise God. The money is coming. I don't mean to be political, but I mean, any dumb willy can see the difference in speech right now versus the difference in speech just a few months ago. Should I venture across the line? I mean, for all of his faults, the last guy was positive. And this guy's talking about how if we all behave ourselves, maybe we could meet with four people on the 4th of July. What the hell is he talking about? Look at all these hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. I ain't waiting for no 4th of July. And I'm not going to behave myself. And I'm not going to ask anybody's permission. Talk about being negative. I said, talk about, it's so far negative, it's almost insane. What What comes out of your mouth has huge consequences. Amen. A lot of people have never even thought about using their faith beyond salvation. They don't know how or haven't been taught or they, that they can use their faith to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. A lot of people have never even thought about using their faith beyond salvation. They don't know, they haven't been taught that they can use their faith to receive healing for their bodies. A lot of people have never even thought about using their faith beyond salvation. They don't know or haven't been taught that they can use their faith to receive the blessing of the Lord on their labor and on their finances. See, you cannot believe God any further than your knowledge of the Word of God. And if you go to a church and all you hear is John 3.16, look, John 3.16 is great. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. It's the love of God. But And it's great news for the lost. But once you're born again, frankly, you don't need John 3.16. Now you need to believe God for other stuff, like the baptism in the Holy Spirit, or healing for your body, or how about shoes for your children come August when they're going back to school, if you happen to live in a place, you know, where there is school. Maybe that's the plan, the Bill Gates plan, the, the Tony Fauci plan, you know, for your children to you know, live the rest of their lives in their underwear hiding in the basement wearing 45 masks. That way they won't ever get in a car and you won't ever use fossil fuels. I don't know what the plan is, but whatever the plan is, I'm not doing it. I'm living my life regular and normal. And so when God's people haven't been taught Shame on the preachers. They have no idea the judgment they're headed for. Because Jesus said to Peter, Peter, do you love me? Feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Feed my lambs. Three times. Peter, do you love me? 
feed my lambs. So when God's people haven't been taught or haven't taken action on what Jesus taught on prayer, even in prayer, they never use their faith. Most Christians, when they pray, don't use faith. Actually, worse than that, when they pray, they're not exercising faith, they're exercising fear. Well, Lord, you know, whole thing's going to hell. You know, my wife ain't acting right, and the kids are doing wrong, and, you know, this kid's on crack, and that kid's slinging heroin, and I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, and the rent's due, and I don't have it, and, and they call that prayer. There's no faith in it. And how come the Lord doesn't answer? Well, what if he did? What if he gave you what you said? Your wife would leave you, your children would be in prison, and you'd be homeless. A lot of prayer has no faith in it whatsoever. And what I want you to see tonight is, our prayer ought to be faith-filled. But faith will work by saying it, and faith will work by praying it. But when you pray it, you still have to say it. But the basis of what we're doing this week is faith. Faith in God. Have faith in God. And Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. Jesus, not Paul. Jesus, not Peter. Jesus, not James, Peter, not John, Jesus said, have faith in God. And yet, this could be the only church in America tonight where those words are uttered. Number one, most churches aren't open. Number two, who's having church on a Thursday night? And number three, who's teaching faith? I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're out there. Sue and I believe they're out there, but I don't know who. Apparently, I'm the granddaddy of faith now. Apparently. Who's teaching it? 30 years ago, it was all across the land, but not tonight. But Jesus said, have faith in God. Anybody here ever had any trouble? I got my hand up. Anybody here ever had any trouble? Well, Jesus said, have faith in God. Well, I don't know what I'm going to do. Have faith in God. I don't know how I'm going to make enough money. Have faith in God. I don't know how I'm going to meet somebody to marry. Have faith in God. I I don't know how I'm going to do this or that. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. And then learn how to have a saying faith. When God's people haven't been taught or haven't taken action on what Jesus actually taught in prayer, even in prayer, they never even use their faith. Life is always a struggle for them. They spend their entire lives going before God, begging and crying and bawling and squalling and scratching and pulling, 
and yet getting nothing. It's a heartbreak. It's a heartbreak. It's a heartbreak. We don't judge it, but when we were young, we got befriended a, a young gal. She's in the ministry. Her father was one of the most famous ministers in the world. But you don't want to go to her Facebook page. Born again, full gospel, the child of one of the most famous ministers in the world, not the United States, in the world. But all it is is heartbreak and sorrow and suicidal thoughts. And it's completely unnecessary. But see, if people are not in a place where they're taught the word of God, the devil works on their minds. If people aren't in a place where they're taught the word of God, Satan talks to them even about suicide. Dad Hagen used to say that the anointing comes by association and the anointing comes by environment. See, you have no idea how blessed you are because being here, you're associating with the anointing and being here, you're in an environment of the anointing. So whatever Satan's doing, you have an association to overcome it and you have an environment to overcome it. Because Jesus said, have faith in God. And these people stay defeated. And then they blame God for their defeat. That's what her Facebook page page is full of. Blaming God, blaming God, blaming God, blaming God. Look, if you blame God for your trouble, you're not going to get through your trouble. Because the Bible says, I look under the hills from whence cometh my help. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. What mountain? Well, whatever your mountain is. Whatever your trouble is. Whatever your issue is. I told the story, I think that was Monday or Tuesday night about Finest Jennings Dake that day at lunch telling me that faith is the currency of the kingdom. And yet that was only half the equation. We went 15 years. We went 15 years. We made it, but there was no surplus. We made it through hard work and diligence and being faithful on the job, tithing. We made it, but there was no surplus. Fifteen years, fifteen years, we were tithing. Fifteen years, I was faithful to Sue after we got married. She was faithful to me. Fifteen years. But everything was a house of cards built on cash flow. We had two used cars. We had the new building up at I-30 that we had moved into the third Sunday of March 1988. But then the Jimmy Baker scandal hit and the Jimmy Swagger scandal hit, neither of which had anything to do with us. But it interrupted cash flow. And our backs were to the wall. And we got serious. We'd already heard Fred Price June of 1988. So 
but apparently I needed a few more beatings. I, I had to have a few more beatings. I had to get kicked down the road but like a soccer ball by the devil just another year until I came to it and I got serious and I decided this is it. I'm done with all of this. I've got to go a different direction. I set the intellect aside. I set my theories aside. I set my opinions aside. I set denominational teaching aside. Just set it all aside. I'm going to go with God. I'm going to see what I know what I can do. It, it ain't cutting it. I'm going to go with God. Amen. And everything that has happened since is because we learned how to have a saying faith. Faith will work by saying it or faith will work by praying it. But when you pray it, you still have to say it. See, faith is the currency of the kingdom, but you got to get the currency out of your heart and get it into circulation. We dealt with that two nights ago. It doesn't work to just believe it. You have to say it. Say it out loud. Tell your neighbor, it doesn't work to just believe it. You have to say it. Tell the neighbor on the other side, it doesn't work to just believe it. You have to say it. You have to say, and if you say something long enough, you'll eventually begin to believe it. Some of you believe you're good looking. (laughs) They call it retained memory. You look in the mirror and, and you see yourself, you know, at age 30 or you see yourself, you know, you know, you do this and you think, well, you know, but, but it's retained memory. It's not what you're actually seeing. As if you were seeing what you're actually seeing, you'd grab your ears and run for the hills. If you say it long enough, you'll believe it. You know, like these poor young guys, dear God, you know, they they get around each other and they talk about, you know, I'm I'm a player. You know, he's a loser, but he thinks he's a player. You say something long enough, you'll believe it. If you say something long enough, you'll come to believe it. I mean, the world's doing this right now. I got a grandson. He's got Superman pajamas. And, uh, you know, he puts them on and, you know, he he terrorizes his sisters like he's Superman. But that didn't make him Superman. (laughs) But according to this world, they would think, you know, if you dress up like it, The power is not to believe this nonsense and confess that nonsense. The power is to take the words of God from the Bible and believe the words of God from the Bible and speak the words of God from the Bible. Because listen, all of these words in these 66 books are words we use every day in our speech and selling stuff and talking to people on 800 numbers and all of that. But In here, they're arranged differently. The same words we use every day. But in here, they're arranged by God. And they have power. Can you see that? So it's not (laughs) make-believe. I'm agreeing with God. You ought to do yourself a favor and watch Wednesday evening, August 26, 2020, that message I dealt with, how to pray over money, how I pray over money today. And you ought to do yourself a favor and watch Wednesday evening, uh, the message from January 20 this year, 2021, and that message I dealt with how to pay off a house. 
See, it doesn't just work to believe it. You have to say it. And if you say something long enough, you'll eventually start believing it. When Kenneth Hagin left his last church and went out on the road as a guest speaker speaking in other churches, the first year on the road wiped him out financially. He no longer had a parsonage. He no longer had church folks bringing groceries by. Don't do that to me because, you know, those were, those were depression days. And, and don't bring me food. Don't bring me pies. Look, I don't need anybody's pies. But I'm saying in those days, in rural America, in those days, depression days, people would bring food by. So on top of less money coming in, he had to rent a house, and all of his expenses were his own. Not only that, people weren't bringing food by. Not only that, his car was worn out because he was on the road now traveling, and he had to sell that car for scrap. It wasn't even worth trading. He had to sell that car for scrap just to pay the interest on three notes, not not the principal, just to pay the interest on three notes. So he went to the Lord about it. Some people believe if you're in the perfect will of God, everything will work out. You'll hear people say that. You know, if you're in the perfect will of God, it'll all work out. No, it won't. <laughs> Kenneth Hagin discovered that wasn't so. He did what God told him to do, and he was going backwards financially and fast. You see, even if you are in the perfect will of God, you still have to believe God. Listen to me, even if you are in the perfect will of God, you still have to believe God. Even if you are in the perfect will of God, you've still got to believe God. And if you don't believe God, it won't work out. No, it won't work out. Well, you know, if you're in the perfect will of God, it'll work out. No, it won't. It won't work out if you don't appropriate what belongs to you by faith in God and faith in His Word. Some people think these things will just fall on you automatically. They'll just fall on you like ripe cherries off a tree. I, I, I believe that there are people, and they think that if they're a member of Faith Christian Center, and if they stick their kids in St. Paul's, they don't have to lift another finger and everything will turn out all right. No, it won't. You have to love those children. You've got you've to speak to those children about the things of God. You've got to guide those children. You've got to keep a hand on those children. You just can't you know, get your ticket punched and everything will turn out. No, no, no. You've got to take action on the Word of God. You've got to be a doer of the Word of God. That's why Fred Price's message, The Other Side of Signs and Wonders, in June of 1988 at an Oral Roberts meeting in, at the Maybe Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma, changed our lives forever because I'd been trying to walk by miracles. And I learned from Fred Price that day was I had to learn how to walk by faith. One word from God acted upon can change your life forever. I, I learned, I, I heard that day I had to walk by faith, and, you, and so will you. And listen, it's not like it was in 1988. You've got to walk by faith more in 2021 than we had to in 1988 because the world has gotten sick with sin. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. In fact, the Bible says that, Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Our God is a faith God, and to please him, you must learn how to walk by faith and not by sight. 
God is a faith God, and to please him, you must learn how to walk by the word and not by sight. This Christian walk is a walk of faith. Our God is a faith God, so faith has something to do with it. We are faith children of a faith God. Our God is a faith God, and we are to be faith children of a faith God. And because we are faith children of a faith God, we are supposed to act in faith. We are supposed to take action in faith. And what I dealt with last night, you know, it was key because a lot of people do a lot of stuff that's not in the Word of God. They do a lot of stuff contrary to the Word of God, and then uh, they want to have an emergency, whatever, counseling session or whatever, because the, the consequences are coming in. You got to be a doer of the Word of God. Look, you got to be a doer of the Word of God in your body. You know, I was watching one of my own sermons from this week, and I miss, I, 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 What's that called? I, I did the words backwards. I said, you have to put a throat to your knife. I was quoting Solomon. You got to put a knife to your throat. You got to police yourself. You got to police yourself. Nobody's going to do it for you. You have to take action on the word of God in your spending. You've got to take action on the word of God in your in having a J-O-B, you got to take action on the Word of God, saving money. you got to take action on the Word of God in training your children. You just can't leave it up. See, what happens to your yard if you leave your yard up to God? I'm just, praise God, brother, I'm just going to leave it up to God. What happens to your yard if you leave it up to God? You have weeds. Why? Because Almighty God right now in this moment in time is not the God of this world. Satan is the God of this world. Paul called Satan the God of this world, little G-O-D. That's why you just can't take your little blessings. I mean, oh my gosh, take your little blessings over here to the drag queen to have them lectured on how to twerk by, by the drag queen. And, and, and like this poor woman, black woman came up to me two Thanksgivings ago. She was heartbroken. She was in tears. Oh my gosh, Pastor Gene, what do I do? I sent my, my daughter to college and she mentioned the college, a famous college. I sent my, my daughter to college in, in August and she comes home for Thanksgiving and I don't even recognize her. They turned her into a little communist in three months. Take action on the Word of God. Take action on the Word of God. Take action on the Word of God. Whatever's important to you. Is your body important to you? Take action on the Word of God. In your money, is money important to you? Take action on the Word of God. Are your children important to you? Take action on the Word of God. Take action on the Word. Because that's how we get the fruit of the Word. We get the fruit of the Word by taking action on the Word of God. And this week we're talking about confession. This is not the only way you can take action on the Word of God, but it is one way you can take action on the Word of God. To say what God says. To say what God says. God created them male and female. How about that? Say what God says. Amen. How about that? Say what God says. Amen. How about that? Say what God says. Because the word of God is true and everything else is a lie. You know, that is especially obvious in 2021, is it not? What God has said is true and everything else is a lie. We're faith children of a faith God, and we're supposed to walk by faith and not by sight. We're faith children of a faith God, and we're supposed to talk faith and not doubt and unbelief. 
Don't be like the ten spies. Be like Caleb and Joshua. Faith calls things that are not as though they were. So Kenneth Hagin fasted for three days, and then he got his answer, but he didn't like the answer. He had been throwing Isaiah 119 up to the Lord. Isaiah 119, if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. And he'd been saying to the Lord, I'm sure not eating the best of the land. And I'm sure not driving the best of the land. And I'm sure not living in the best of the land. In fact, my children are not, e not even adequately clothed and fed. But after three days of fasting and prayer, Kenneth Hagin got his answer, but he didn't like the answer. The Lord said to him, the trouble with you is you don't practice what you preach. I remember him telling the story. He said, Lord, you've hit me a low blow. The trouble with you is you preach faith, but you don't practice faith. Of course, Brother Hagin protested and reminded the Lord of how he'd been raised up from his own bed of affliction by faith, raised up off his deathbed when he was 17 years of age. He reminded the Lord how he had used his faith in his home to see his children healed and in his ministry to see many people healed. And the Lord said to him, now get this, oh yes, sure, you practiced faith when it came to healing and that's commendable, but that's as far as you ever went with your faith. There are people here tonight, and you exercise faith for salvation, but that's as far as you ever took faith. There are other people here tonight, and you exercised your faith on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but that's as far as you ever took your faith. There are other people here tonight, and you exercised your faith for healing, but that's as far as you ever took your faith. And I'm the odd man in 2021 in the American church across America because I didn't stop. I asked the Lord about it one day. He said, well, he said, some people come into my house and they just come into the, the foyer, the salvation foyer. Then other people venture over into the room of healing. He said, now you, he said, you just came in and made yourself at home. You just stomped around my whole house. <laughs> and he said, well, you just believed it all. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, crazy faith. That's what we're preaching here. Crazy faith. Say it out loud. Man, he crazy. How does the income, donated income, go up in the year of the corona? 51%. Hallelujah. Because we have a speaking faith at Faith Christian Center. Because we have a saying faith at Faith Christian Center. And we're not just believing God for salvation. And we're not just believing God for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Thank God for it. We're not just believing God for healing, man. We're believing God. Man, if I find it in the Word of God, I want it. I want it. I want it. I want every blessing. Hallelujah. I want every good thing God has for me. The Lord explained to Brother Hagin that day in prayer that faith is the same in every realm and every sphere. Some people believe God for salvation and stop. Other people believe God for salvation, then healing, and then stop. But faith is the same in every area, in every realm of life. Faith is the same in the financial realm as it is in any other realm. Faith is the same in every realm. Faith is the same in the financial realm as it is in any other realm. You can have what you say. You are what you say. You, you, you limit your faith by what you say, or you release your faith by what you say. The Lord told Kenneth Hagin that if he needed healing for his body, he'd just claim it by faith and go out publicly and announce that he was healed and go on down the road preaching. 
And the Lord told him, when it comes to finances, you've got to do exactly the same thing because faith will work as well in one area of life as it will the other. Faith will work in one area of life as well as any other. You learn how to speak and get saved. Guess what? You can believe and speak and be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You can believe and speak and be healed in your body. You can believe and speak and get out of debt. You can believe and speak and be blessed in your coming and blessed in your going. Whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever it is. And then the Lord pointed out another thing or another fault Kenneth Hagin had to work through, and it's found in Isaiah 119. The same scripture Dad Hagin had been throwing up to the Lord in his complaining about not having enough money after obeying God and leaving his church and going out on the road to hold meetings in other churches. Isaiah 119, if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. And like we've always said here at Faith Christian Center, if God wants us to eat the best of the land, he surely wants us to live in the best of the land. And if God wants us to eat the best of the land. He surely wants us to wear the best of the land. And if God wants us to eat the best of the land, He surely wants us to drive in the best of the land. And this is it. This is it. This is it. This is it. That's why the whole Metroplex isn't here. Isaiah 119, I'm telling you what, it's the line of demarcation. But you know what? I read the Word of God and I believe the Word of God and I just came to see that He wants me to eat the best of the land. So He must want me to drive the best of the land. And He must want me to live in the best of the land. And He wants must want me to wear the best of the land. So that's what I did. I just confessed it in. I just went nuts. I just, I, that crazy faith. I just went nuts and I just said, I'm going to eat the best of the land. I'm going to drive the best of the land. I'm going to wear the best of the land. I'm going to live in the best of the land. The best, the best, the best, the best, the best. Well, I don't believe that. Do without. I don't think I have to say that. Do without. I don't believe that's the will of God. Do without. Not me. Amen. Not me. Amen. Man, I'm lifting up my eyes. Now, I hope the Lord doesn't tarry because I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. In fact, it'd be fine with me before the next hour comes. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. The Lord tarries. The Lord tarries. I'm not getting on another silver tube with a bunch of demon-possessed people wearing masks and me not knowing what's beneath the mask and what's going on and people screaming at me and yelling at me because I want to drink a Diet Coke or whatever. No, 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 no. There's always something else to believe God for. There's some, always something else to exercise your faith on. There's always something else to say with your mouth. There's always something else to believe God for because our God is a great God. Our God God is a good God. Our God is a loving God. Our God is our Father God. And He wants to bless His children. And it's time for us to get our big fat mouths out of the way and believe God and stop talking about our trouble and stop talking about Fauci and top, stop talking about the corona and begin to believe God and act like what God has said is so and begin to live our lives like the children of God that we are. As I'm telling you, it's not over, God's not done, and God's not finished with us. I said I'm telling you, it's not over, and God's not done, and God's not finished with us. God Almighty wants to show out before he takes us out. We have not even begun to confess in what God has promised for us. Hallelujah. Faith is the same in every realm. Say it out loud. Faith is the same, is the same in every realm. In every realm. 
And the Lord explained to Kenneth Hagin that while he had been obedient, he had not been willing. And the reason so many of us as Christians are not willing is because of this negative Christian peer pressure against success and prosperity. You see, God will keep his word if we measure up to it. Somebody say, ouch. God will keep his word if we measure up to it. Kenneth Hagin was throwing up Isaiah 119 to the Lord in prayer and is complaining about not having enough money after obeying God. But the Lord called him out on it because Kenneth Hagin hadn't actually been living up to Isaiah 119. God will surely keep his word to us, but only if we're measuring up to it. You see, a lot of people want God to do everything he promised in his word, but they don't want to stop. They don't stop to read and discover that a lot of God's promises are conditional. The Lord explained to Kenneth Hagin that while he had been obedient, he had not been willing. Kenneth Hagin had always been obedient, but he had not been willing. You see, there was a lot of peer pressure against ministers being successful. Austin told the story today at the noon hour. He bought his first Cadillac down here in Fort Worth, Texas. But when he got that Cadillac, showed up at the next meeting. The pastor there said, now brother. Actually, he showed up at a minister's meeting. And one of the ministers said, now brother. Do you really think that as a full gospel minister, you ought to be driving a car like that? And Dad Hagen, see, he'd crossed the bridge. Man, you got to cross the bridge. He crossed the bridge. He said, now, brother, I'm not going to fall out with you for having Chevrolet faith, so don't fall out with me for having Cadillac faith. Amen. And we all stop at various points. We do. That's why you got to come to a meeting like this and get a swift kick in the backside of faith. We do. First time Fred Price himself came to this church, we went over there to the Arlington Airport and picked him up, and we're coming back this way, and I saw it with my eyes. I heard it with my ears. Betty Price rubbed the leather on that flying spur and said to her husband, look, Fred, Gene's got a new Bentley. <laughs> so we stopped. Well, you know, that's enough because, you know, because the heat comes, the criticism comes, and people, and, you know, the devil, and the media, and all of this. No, no. We are children of the Most High God. Almighty God owns the gold and the silver and the cattle on a thousand hills, and He is our Father. Amen. He is our Father. Amen. Shout it out loud. He is our Father. And so Dad Hagen said he just made an adjustment down here on the inside. He said, don't tell me it takes a week to make an adjustment. He just made a little adjustment down on the inside, and you and I can do the same thing. If you want people to feel sorry for you, none of this will work. You have to be willing and obedient. You have to be obedient and willing. The same thing is true of paying tithes or anything else we know to do from the Word of God or anything else the Holy Spirit instructs us to do. If you get your mind right on paying tithes, you're excited about tithes. Listen, I'll tell you what's better than a $1,000 tithe is a $10,000 tithe. And I'll tell you what's better than a $10,000 tithe is a $100,000 tithe. I tell you what, it's just a wonderful thing to write tithe checks. And I'm telling you, if you get your mind right and you get willing and obedient, you get excited the bigger the tithe check gets because it means you got more money left at home. Hallelujah. Say, I got to be willing and I got to be obedient. I've got to be obedient, but I got to be willing. Amen. 
If we obey with an unwilling heart, we negate our own faith and we negate the power of our obedience. How many of you like it when you tell a child to pick up their room and they stomp up those stairs and they stomp around the room in defiance as they obey? I'll tell you in our home, our kids got no credit for that kind of obedience at all. So get willing and tell the Lord, Lord, I'm willing to eat the best of the land. Shout it out loud, I'm, I'm ready to eat the best of the land. Shout it out loud again, I'm ready to eat the best of the land. Shout it out loud, I'm ready to drive the best of the land. Shout it out loud, I'm ready to wear the best of the land. Shout it out loud, I'm ready to live in the best of the land. Shout it out loud, the best, the best, the best, the best, the best. Now that's all relative because to one person the best could be, you know, a brand new diesel pickup truck and to the next person it could be some electric whatever. It's, it's what you want. It, whatsoever you will. Whatsoever you desire. Amen. 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 I mean, I like this. But some of y'all might want some, you know, Adidas shorts and Crocs. That may be the best to somebody. I don't know who, but, you know, I like the best. Amen. Amen. I figure whatever the Pope's wearing, that, that, that's, that should be what I'm wearing. I mean, at least I'm saved. At least I'm going to heaven. At least I agree with the Bible. Amen. But somebody else, it could be something else. Amen. The best for you. Shout it out loud five times, Lord, I'm willing. Again, five times, Lord, I'm willing. 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 Ready to eat the best of the land. I'm ready to drive the best of the land. I'm ready to wear the best of the land. I'm ready to live in the best of the land. Shout it again five times, Lord, I'm willing. 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 Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.